Thank you for choosing to listen to the Mummy on a Break podcast. I am Maria Newman, otherwise known as Mummy on a Break. My journey to becoming Mummy on a Break started back in 2016. That's the year I took voluntary redundancy whilst on maternity leave with my second baby and without really having a plan. The only thing I knew at that moment was that I needed to change my job and if I didn't seize the day and take my chance, I'd be in the same job doing the same thing up until I retired. That thought really scared me. So long story short, I embarked on my journey of being mummy on a break, which started with me actually deciding to start my own business. And by following a very windy road led me to create the life I really wanted. I now help women who are like the old me. I help busy working mums who are fed up of the routine, the daily routine, and want to take back control and create the life they really want in their work, their relationships, their wellness, their money, and the fun stuff. If you want to find out more about how I can help you, then check out my website, mummyonabreak.co.uk and click work with me. However, for now, sit back, relax and enjoy this podcast episode. Welcome to the Mummy on a Break podcast. My name is Maria Newman and I am Mummy on a Break. You can find out more about me, Mummy on a Break, on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. During this podcast series, I will be interviewing six women who are experts in their field and know a thing or two about well-being. My guest today is Robin Harris. Robin is a soul alignment mentor who wants to help you stop striving and to start thriving. Thanks, Robin, for joining me today. Thank you for the invitation, Maria. It's lovely to be here. You're most welcome. So, Robin, I know you, but... Some of our listeners may not. So first of all, tell us a bit about yourself, your story and how you got to where you are today so that they can get a sense of who you are. So my story and what got me to where I am now is that I was in rather a dark place. and I was feeling miserable and I was thinking that everything out there had to change. So people needed to change, situations needed to change, everything out there and I was looking for support I went to the doctor to get some pills I went to talking therapy and various other things and it just wasn't working for me it just was not hitting the the spot that I needed to be addressed and I want because it all felt quite either it wasn't going anywhere. So taking pills wasn't going to go anywhere. Talking therapy, for me, I just felt I'm just talking about the same thing again and again and again. I don't feel I'm moving forward. And friends were lovely. They were supportive and they were sympathetic. But just to my side of the story, and I kind of thought, but it's not all about me. I don't feel right being the only one that's getting some input here. I wanted it to be much more rounded and I wanted it to feel supportive and uplifting and sustainable and that I was moving forward. So I'm a bit of a bookworm. I went off and I read loads of books. I read Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God and I got onto this amazing program 
that was based on the book by Andrew Cohen called Evolutionary Enlightenment. But it was a nine month online program with people from all over the world. And I still have a friend from that. And that was over 11 years ago. And we are still really close uh, and uh, connect on a regular basis, which just it, it just felt like such a magical space. And it felt like somebody had switched the light on. And I could suddenly see hope and potential and everything was new, uh, which relates very much into what I now share, my four pillars that spell out the word wild. The first one of those is wonder. So they talked about cultivating a sense of beginner's mind, that everything can just be like it's your first time. And why not? When we can approach everything with that childlike sense of wonder and newness and excitement and it doesn't carry all the baggage that we so often carry with us all the time but having learned as well that that baggage is trauma that we hold and we hold it in our body our body being such a wise system that it will look after all these things for us so that it can then bring them to us again when we're ready to address it. And when we know that we have the resources, we always have the resources, but sometimes we don't have access to them. We go into freeze and fight or flight and all of these things, which can end up impacting on our well-being, and we get sick or dis-ease, but that dis-ease in itself is telling us, if we know how to interpret it, is telling us what's going wrong, where we aren't feeling supported and where there are issues to address and what and how in, in many ways. So having learned all of that and found a way that was uplifting and supporting and sustainable in that you learn the tools that whatever comes up, I know that now I can address it. And it might be asking for help. It might be, I'm going to do it myself because I've learned how now. Mm. But that having learned all of that, I just want to tell people you can do this too. If I did it, <laughs> you can do it. And for people to feel hope again, for people to feel they've got agency back, to, for people to feel they can be authentic and that's okay. Whatever that might be, even if it's today, I'm having a bad day, or as Jamie McCanch says, I'm having a muddy puddle day. So whatever's going on for you that you can be all right with it because you know you've got the resources, you know that you can get through and, and that change is the one constant in our life so things are going to come that are that maybe knock us a little bit off balance for a while but balance for me is a it's a verb it's an active thing i don't find balance and achieve balance as such i am constantly balancing because things are always changing so i am always it's like um if you're standing on a log and it starts to roll you have to adapt and I think life is very much like that. Oh, it is, it is. Because, you know, even if we think that we're in a place where we feel balanced, mm. life can throw a curveball at us, which mm. will all of a sudden make us feel like we're out of balance. But if we're always just like, we're just, you know, balancing, just being aware, looking around, seeing what's going on, then actually we're in a much better place to be able to handle those curveballs, I think we're much more flexible and agile rather than thinking, right, I have my balance now and I have to hold it. Just, oh, I'm going this way and oh, I'm going this way. And it, it's much more relaxed. It, it doesn't 
drain our energy in the same way. It's more fun. And we, we do these things as kids for fun. <laughs> and then we get to adult age and, and our adult lives and we stop playing. We stop doing these things for fun. We don't have the joy and the laughter and therefore the vitality because of that whole idea of looking with eyes of wonder and, and the other aspects as well. But that's what I think is so important to, to give people back and even just permission to do that, that it's okay. We don't have to have all the answers and we don't have to hold on rigidly. And do you know what, as a parent, I think that's the thing that we think is not okay. When our children ask us questions, whatever they are, we think that we have to have the answers. And I think that adds to the anxieties that as mums in particular builds up inside us, you know, we need to be ready to be able to answer every question and, and know the answers to anything that our children may be curious about when actually, and, I, and this translates to, you know, us being adults anyway, well, rather than being there ready to give the answer, why don't we let our children see what they think the answer is? And that's the same, I think, when we're having um, conversations as, as adults, it should be a conversation rather than a, let's go to an expert who's going to give us, you know, they have the, the golden nugget that's going to fix all our problems. It's take going back to what you said right at the beginning for your, the acronym WILD and, and just having that wonder and not having any preconceptions about things and having a conversation see how it goes see, see where it's going to go and how much more does that give to the child it takes the stress off the adult it allows the child to learn how to learn and to just learn for the joy of learning rather than because I have to get it right and and that whole how that plays out then in our lives because we think adults have all the answers and the adults are thinking I have to have all of the answers so as children growing up we think we always have to go to an expert and when I get to an adult I'll know it all and then we get to the adult and we don't re we realize that we don't know it all but we have to pretend that we do and it's just it's a self-fulfilling self-predicting etc mm. kind of cycle which doesn't serve the children and doesn't serve the adults and it doesn't serve the people who have to then be experts and know it all and it's just not a terribly healthy and supportive way of living versus if we all, yeah, let's just have a couple, let's explore that. And actually I'm an expert on me. So if I go to the doctor with a disease, I can tell them how it impacts on me hmm. rather than you tell me what's wrong with me and I'll just do what I'm told. Yeah. So this series is about well-being, And the one thing that fascinates me and you and I have had these conversations is how if we're not looking after ourselves from a holistic point of view, it affects both us mentally and also physically. Because I think sometimes when we go, oh, 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 I've got a bit of an ache there. We just think, oh, I've got a bit of an ache there, as opposed to where has that ache actually come from? What has been happening in my life recently or a gradual build-up that has then manifested itself into that physical ailment so talk to me more about well-being and how you know we need to have a more of a holistic view when we're thinking about our well-being rather than well well-being surely it's all to do with you know our mental 
wellness but it's not is it we are mind body and spirit at the very least we are multi-layered beings so it's the physical well-being the cognitive well-being the emotional well-being the spiritual well-being the social well-being and unfortunately due to history and the way that we've you know it's like a one of those flow diagrams and we've gone off down a particular route. So we're Newtonian. We think, oh, you've got a pain in your knee. What's wrong with your knee? We don't think of the system. So the knee is connected to the hip, is connected to the ankle as well, where is connected obviously then to the spine and to the whole of the body. So where is that pain in the knee coming from? Is it the knee or is it a referred pain or is it because I'm not balanced now because I'm protecting the other leg? Mm. And also what's going on in my environment? I am a part of my environment. If I wasn't living in the way that I'm living in the environment in which I'm living, would my knee be a problem at all? So we, we've isolated just looking at the knee and just thinking in terms of pain that I'm experiencing, but maybe that pain is just a sign of something else, somewhere else. And to take it out of context, we lose that versus let's look at the whole. Mm. Let's look at your lifestyle. Let's look at your thought patterns. Let's look at your diet. Let's look at your history. Let's look at everything. Let's look at your environment, inner and outer. Because often we think of environment as the place in which we live, but we live in our body. So everything we put in, which is like food, uh, liquid, are we drinking enough? Um, what are we listening to? Who are we talking to? Who are we spending time with? What are we watching? What are we doing on social media? It's all impacting. It is, it is. And see that and that's the thing I'm 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 recalling like conversations that I have with my dad where you know I mean he's he's now in his mid 70s and he might have an ache here and an ache there and, and I've had very open conversations to him about maybe it's not the ache and and I find it fascinating because we're very quick to say things like oh well I've got a cold oh well you know it's just something that's going around but is it the fact that now you're more susceptible to catching whatever's going around because more recently you may be, have been really, really busy and therefore you are exhausted and your body is trying to tell you to stop. Or I know you've had a conversation where, well, if you have got a cough or a cold, maybe that's your body trying to like get rid of something. And in this society, I'm going to generalise now, we're all too quick to go, oh, I don't feel well. I should go and see the doctor or I should take a pill or rather than exactly like you said a minute ago, we know ourselves really well. We spend 24 seven with ourselves. So rather than reacting and saying, right, I don't feel well. This is obviously what I do. I go to the doctor or I go and pop a pill. Just take a minute and just like you said, understand What's going on for you? What have you been eating? What have you been doing? How is your environment? And we can become our own detectives. Very much so. And that's what I do in my work, it's being a detective. It's looking at what somebody's experiencing, what has been going on in their life, and being a detective, how does this relate to this? And what's it showing you? And where does that come from? And when you talk about oh, I've got a cold. 
But what is a cold? Our bodies actually work in synergy with the environment. So when we're in stress, our body is making changes in order to cope with that stress. And the changes that it's making will be very specific to the stress and our belief system about the stress and about how we can or cannot manage it and our beliefs about ourselves and all of these things. Then there will be a shift. So I'm going along in, in stress and then something changes. And that could be that the stress goes away. It could be that the uh, my belief around it changes. I might just give up and then, you know, that kind of, I can't do anything anyway. And then we go into what we know as regeneration in the work that I do. And that's when we get sick because we've been holding the stress, holding the stress, and then we let some or all of it go. And that's when the body can clear it out. Okay. So things like coughing and sneezing and all that snotty stuff or being sick, that's the body going, oh, I can get rid of all of this stuff. And we are so quick to say, you have symptoms, you are sick, there is a problem, something has gone wrong. No, it's my body clearing out. Yippee! <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to look at a cold, not a look at a cold, but, you know, feel the same way about a cold again. <laughs> but if we could think, yes, my body's clearing out, what I need to do is go to bed and rest, feed myself well, or give myself a break, and then eat when I feel better, then we would allow our bodies to go through their natural healing and regeneration process to get back to being well and also to know that a lot of pain not all pain but a lot of pain and inflammation are in that second phase so when we have a pain oh my body's released something what is it releasing how can i avoid having that stress what do i need to do why where did that stress come from why did i respond in that way is there something i can do to let that go so that i don't have that problem anymore mm. so then i don't have to go through the regeneration i don't have to feel the pain but my body's basically saying something isn't working let's address it so i know people will be listening going okay then so i now know that i've got to be a bit of a detective i can't take things at face value because actually most of the time, that's, that's a result of something. So what advice and support can you give our listeners as far as being able to cultivate a more healthy mental and physical well-being? It very much depends on where somebody is. But I would say when you notice that there's a, an issue, the earlier you can notice it, and address it, the less you will have to do. The less time it will take, the less effort it will take. So when your body is whispering, saying, this isn't working, address it there and then. Then the body won't have to shout. Because when the body gets to the point of shouting, or it might, it might just decide for you, you are stopping. And yeah. your back will go, or for me, it was myalgic encephalomyelitis ME. And I ended up being in a wheelchair and then just bedridden. So my body said, big time, stop. And I had no choice. Mm. I had to stop. But it would have been nice to be able to avoid that. Yes. It was a huge learning, but it's one of those learnings that you think, 
I could have done without that. If only I'd known beforehand, <laughs> if only I'd have. And this is the thing as well. If you don't have time for your little niggles, you're going to have to make time. You know, if you don't have time for your wellness, you're going to make time for you have to have time for your illness. Mm. So the body will make you listen at some point if you don't listen in the early days. So I would encourage people to tune in and listen and get to know what is your body saying? I talk about developing a vocabulary. So starting to know when your, your body is saying, this isn't working. Please, please don't do this anymore. This isn't helping me. I'm showing you through pain or through discomfort or dis, dis-ease as in emotional, it just mm. doesn't feel right. Mm. Something feels off. That's the early stages before it gets on into the pain and, and physical disease so when you can tune into that and listen to that but also then to develop a vocabulary of how does it feel when it feels good so the kind of when I run workshops my stop striving start thriving workshops it is looking at that what what's your body saying when it's kind of saying no what's your body saying when it's saying yes and and to know then what that is and because you need to know what it is to know when you're there yeah and to know yeah. when you're getting closer to it and then how do you spend more time there? What is it that does that for you? How can you spend more time doing that? And it's like um, law of attraction and gratitude, all of these practices. If you spend time in that energy, it brings more of that energy in. Mm. And why wouldn't you? Because it feels so good. <laughs> do you know what? As you were talking and you were talking about um, developing that vocabulary with your body and really understanding what, what you like and what you don't like, just a bit, a bit more context around it, or to make it a bit easier. It's like, and this is this is the first thing that came into my head. It's like when you're when you're checking yourself, when you're checking your boobs for for things that maybe shouldn't be there, but you don't know they shouldn't be there unless you're checking them in in the current state where you you at this moment touch wood know you're okay. So it's knowing what your grounding baseline. is, yeah, yeah, what your baseline is, so that then when something pops up that's not the baseline you're like oh no I know that's that's out I'm out of kilter now because that's that shouldn't be there and that's what I say to people when because I work with animals as well so if we're looking at their animal it's just watch your animal all of the time in lots of different situations and you can do this for yourself as well how do I respond mm. in that situation does that situation trigger me does that situation activate my sense of anxiety or panic or whatever it might be so just observe, get to know, get to know yourself, get to know your baseline, get to know what you like and don't like and what feels good and what doesn't and what brings you into that state of feeling good versus what doesn't. And how can you lessen what doesn't and increase what does? And that's exactly the same with children, actually. Yeah. Because we will react in a certain way and we'll say things like, oh, my daughter made me angry. Right, so first of all, stop. Nobody makes you feel something. The question you should say is, right, so I felt angry. What's just triggered me? Because that's your trigger. That's what you need to own and then get curious about it. Because a child cannot make you angry. All right, they can, they are responding. They're basically responding to you. So if you start shouting, guess what? They will shout. But if you stay calm, the conversation 
will be a lot easier than if you're just like shouting at each other. So I think that's a that's like that's got loads of benefits, hasn't it? It's not just with animals, it's with children as well, because they are just um innocent, innocent beings. There's no there's no malice behind it, there's no hidden hidden agenda. They are just they are literally responding to you because they know no different. Having said that, and that is also true, they're also very good at pressing our buttons. And anything family is, and one of the kind of tests of if you've been doing yoga and meditation and mindfulness and all of these things, and you've got that zen-like <laughs> aura, what do you like when you go home to your family? Different story. Because those closest to us and the people that we live with, they're, they're so close. They're, they're just know how to get in there. And kids, they like a reaction because they are trying to learn and they're exploring the world. It's like when we push boundaries, yeah. we do it with everything. So yeah, they'll be very good at pressing our buttons. But if like you were saying, if, you, if we can keep that sense of calm, we keep our clarity, we keep our balance, mm. and we role model that to the children. Yeah. And they see, they see that, I mean, uh, I follow Abraham Hicks, and Abraham Hicks is always saying, just get back to your happy, get back to your balance. And he talk, they talk a lot about how this impacts from parents to children and what children learn from us. And they say that if we as parents can, I can't engage with that just now because I'm just lost my balance a second. Hang on, let me get my balance back. Let me get my happy back. Right, okay, now I can engage with you. The kid learns, oh, that's that must be important to keep your balance. That must be important to go with what feels right to you. Okay, that's what I want to do yeah, too yeah. because I see that it works so well for you and I see how we interact. And we as adults are always role modeling, aren't we, to yeah, yeah. kids and, and so yeah. on. So, so when nice. we can role model that, and then we're bringing up a generation who does that. And then rather than, because there are so many patterns in our lives, we talk about our buttons being pressed, but how much of that is actually my own stuff? And how much of that is the stuff that I've inherited? Mm -hmm. Those patterns that go down and we, either decide I'm never going to be like my parents I'm going to do it differently or that's what I learned that's what I'm going to do so if we could role model good then the kids hopefully would go well that really works I, I want to be like yeah, that yeah and yeah. that when when mum dad is like that I feel good it's such a big impact so we are coming to the end of our time together here but before we go I have two more questions the first question is what three things would you like our listeners to take away from this conversation today balancing that it, it's and something that's dynamic and that is flexible rather than balance I have to hold on to my balance and be rigid um, wonder. So my, my four pillars are wonder, intuition, be true to yourself, listen to yourself, trust your gut, trust the fact that you are the expert on you. Love yourself as you are and as you are not. Because so often we can be so critical. And in terms of that, my tip would be listen to your language. Mm. Are you saying I should, I have to, I ought to, I mustn't, I need to, 
all um even i want to because that links with lack mm -hmm. versus things like i get to i choose to i love to i enjoy when we can shift our language it makes it's it's a small change in a sense but it makes such a big difference yeah. to how you feel Definitely. and then my last one is d for dance which is all about the balance and balancing <laughs> and just enjoying life oh and that's the key it's enjoying enjoying the journey enjoying where you are because you are meant to be where you're at i think it's that yeah. simple so People will have been listening to this conversation and they'll be thinking, I need to be in Robin's world. So let's make it easy for them. How can they connect with you? How can they get into your world? There's my website, which is equenergy.com, E-Q-U-E-N-E-R-G-Y, which is equilibrium and balance, equenergy.com. And uh, from there, you can find my links list. So all my social media, I have a Facebook page and a Facebook group. I also have a Facebook paid membership group, if anybody wants to join that. Uh, I have a blog, a newsletter. So if people just wanted to pick up on little tips and stuff that I share, if, if the way that I present things resonates with you, then all of that. And also I am on the CenoBounds directory. So you can just uh, Google CenoBounds and then put your energy in and you'll find me amazing lots of ways to connect with robin so i'd like to take this opportunity to say thank you robin for chatting me with me today and thank you everyone for listening thank you marie it's been lovely to chat with you i hope you enjoyed our conversation as much as i did if you're interested in finding out how you can work with me and how i can help you then head over to my website www.mummyonabreak.co.uk and click on work with me. Take care.